Hello and welcome to episode 75 of Inside the WDF with me, Andrew Sinclair. Well, we finally got there. The slate of ranking competitions in 2021 are at an end following this past weekend's events in Italy and Russia and the field for Lakeside is pretty much complete. There's been a you know a rush of players sharing the graphics that they're in and it feels like there's real excitement about the, the tournament. Now it feels almost like it's real now that the season's ended and people have been sent their invites. I'll touch on the, the final events of the season more in a bit, but I wanted to get to this week's guests, all three of whom are confirmed to be playing at Lakeside in January. And they are the Dutch Dragon, Jules van Dongen, Anastasia de Bromislova and Italy's Francesco Rossini. First up is Jules, who sealed his debut at Lakeside with a win over Kevin Luke in the final of the gold-graded Seacoast Open earlier in November. Jules and I discussed that win, his brilliant debut year on the tour, overcoming the nerves he had at the Continental Cup, his worries about COVID infection levels and much more. I'm delighted to be joined by the Dutch Dragon, Jules van Dongen. Jules, how are you? I'm doing very well. How are you doing? It's great to have you back on the show. Congratulations on your win at the Seacoast Open a couple of weeks ago. What did it mean? I know you were pretty close to it anyway through the regional table, but what did it mean to win the gold event and seal your place at Lakeside in January? Yeah, no, obviously it was great. And... uh... This and I think for that reason I didn't play my best all day. I was just thinking about everything too much, um, and it wasn't until I felt in both the semifinal and the final I was in a defeated position when I started, you know, playing freely and not really think about anything. And that's when I came back and I actually won. So yeah, I'm trying to trying for the future, learn from that, and not not be thinking about anything and just just play darts. I lost you for a minute there. What was it that was bothering you? Oh, no, I think just um, just the pressure, just thinking about, you know, I need to do this to qualify or I need to at least make it to the semifinal or, you know, just, just thinking about everything too much. And, and, you know, I think I just need to play my, my game and I'll be fine. I watched the stream of the final between you and Kevin Luke and, I heard you say that you weren't that happy with how you played, not just in the final, but the whole day. A lot of the top players talk about having an A game and a B game. Do you feel that you are developing that B game now? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think when I struggle, I can, the difference now with me and a year ago is that I, I can take games over the line. Uh, when I struggle, like I don't let that necessarily uh, get in my head anymore. And, and uh, it's actually funny. I think I really, it really stuck to me when I uh, talked to Gary Mawson at Cherry Bomb and, and I was talking about averages and he said, don't, don't talk about averages, just, you know, a win is a win. And I, I think that's exactly right, especially at a tournament, like a, a 21 or a, four, a 24 dart lag and you hit the double, you still win that lag. That's all that really matters. And, uh, you know, the, the 14, 13, and 12 darters are really cool. But then ultimately, those are not the lags that are going to win you the tournament. It's just, I think, the demeanor and, and, and never giving up and, and just keep, keep going at it. So You talk about never giving up. I think you noticed in that tournament, the semi against Jason Brandon, you were 4-1 down 
won four legs on the spin to win it 5-4. The final against Kevin, you were 4-2 down and then won four legs on the spin to, to take it 6-4. Is that a case for you that you're a slow starter or is it just a case that you know that you can always come back and that you have that belief in yourself? Yeah, I, for a while I always thought I was a slow starter, but um, I don't think it's playing well. And then I think at 4-1, you know, I thought I lost and, and back in my head. So I took a step back and said, well, let's at least try to make it interesting and uh, and start playing my darts because I looked over at the board. I'm like shooting a 75 average. I'm like, that, that's not me. So let me at least uh, put a remainder of the match play my game and then I, I, I kind of kicked on and, and I, feel, I felt that, that Jason was pulling his dart a bit, trying too hard and I just fed off that and, and kind of just took off from there. Um, and same same with Kevin, I'm sure for him in that final, you know, he, he needed to win to go to Lakeside and I knew at that point I was safe. Um, so I probably had a little bit less pressure and um, he missed a couple doubles, and I just punished him. So uh, over overall, I'm I'm happy with uh, my attitude of the whole uh, day. Uh, obviously, just being able to be okay when you're not playing well. I think that was uh, that was something that uh, I was happy with. Yeah, of course, and uh, it was a bit of revenge for you over Kevin because he'd beaten you a month or so prior in the final of the the last CDC event of the season. Yeah, yeah, and that's you know I had those two finals in a row, and both 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 those finals I started really well, and and I kind of died down a bit, and they picked up, and yeah, I I didn't want to be the the guy to keep losing finals, so it was important for me to to win that final and not not have it become a thing to where you reach every final and don't win them. And I know your family were with you at the Seacoast. Did that make a difference to to your mindset during the day, knowing that they were there with you? Yeah, I don't, I don't really think so. It's nice having uh, support in your corner, but when when I'm playing darts, I don't really, you know, I feed off people. So yeah, it, it makes a difference in a sense if there's no one or if there's someone. Uh, that that definitely makes a difference. Um, but yeah, when I'm playing darts, it's just like uh, I'll feed off some people, but it's not. I'm not thinking about it that much. Obviously, it cost me a little bit of sleep with the little ones in the room, but uh, it's it's all good. The day before the Seacoast, they'd had the, the national team qualifier for the America's Cup next year, and you managed to, to come through that alongside Kevin. When you came through that event, that must have been a pretty special moment for you, knowing that you're going to be able to, to represent America next year. Yeah, yeah, and, and, and I'm not a fan of Ron Robbins, so I... I actually wasn't even sure if I was going to sign up for it and then talked to my buddy Ryan Mooneyhan that was uh, signed up for it and kind of said, let's do it. So signed up for it. Yeah, it's just a ment- mentally it's a different game because you can win two to one and not feel good about it because you don't want to give up lag. So you just, it's it's just constant mind game and um, a little bit stressful, I guess, in a sense. Um but yeah, I was able to, to pull through. I, I did know in the last, the final uh, round robin, I knew all all eight of us in that in that bracket could easily take legs off one another. So I knew if I had a couple good results and a couple three O's in there, then you know I was more most likely to be fine. And 
turned out uh, that I was. So and, and that Friday I actually shot pretty well. Maybe it was a really long day, and that could have also contributed to Saturday not being as good. Uh, but yeah, who knows? Yeah, I mean to be fair, if you could say Saturday wasn't good and you still came through and won the gold event, you know you're doing pretty well. So that's true. Yeah. Last weekend you had the Continental Cup in New York. And I saw you posted this on Facebook, but I wanted to talk to you about it a little bit more. You said that you really struggled with nerves during that event, and that was something you'd not really had before. Can you, you talk to me about those nerves? Yeah, it, 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 um, I think there's a couple factors. Is that the short format, you know, being a, a really... Uh, it's, it's kind of been happening, a whole event, you know, with the, the walk-ons, the... the uh, PDC TV, uh, everything around it, uh, I think, um, just added to the whole build up on it. I didn't, you know, we, we went upstairs 15 minutes before we start playing, so I got a little bit cold. Uh, yeah, I just don't have that experience yet, and I think uh, um, it, it, it just, yeah, it was, it was weird. I, I tried, I had to try really hard, and the first couple legs, I was like, completely out of it and then even <clears throat> just miscounting not knowing what double I was on it was just uh, just all nerves and uh, I, I try to try to not rely on alcohol uh, to take those uh, nerves away but yeah I had a, I had a few drinks and you know it might sound funny but afterwards I was like maybe I should have had two more beers and it would be fine but yeah who knows it's it's one of those I think I just have to uh, um, take the experience to heart and you know, I I just started playing, so I can't I can't really be mad at myself. And it was the same same kind of thing. I was four one down, and I was able to come back to four four. Uh, I had a couple good legs in there, and then at four four, those nerves kind of kicked back in, uh, thinking you know I was going to have to take it over the line, and then I I didn't. So, and with those nerves, I, I'm sure a lot of it is sort of the the lack of experience for you in those big stages, but is that something you will try to, to work on before you come over to Lakeside in January? Yeah, yeah, and I think that's why the Continental Cup was a really good experience for me because now I know how I might feel stepping on that stage and then um, I'll be prepared for that feeling and then maybe it won't be so overwhelming and I can uh, take a step back and, and you know, uh, not not try to rush my game and yeah there's definitely things I learned and that was the the biggest reason why I really wanted to win that first match is that to have another match on that stage to have more experience so that's the downside of that format is that it was a, a best of nine so you know like essentially I went to New York uh, three days for 30 minutes of darts so that's it's a little brutal but uh, it was definitely definitely a good experience. And what what song was it that you used for your walk on? It's uh, it's called Out of the Frame by Miss Cook. So it's uh, yeah, it's, it's one of my one of my favorite songs. And I have a couple uh, other DJs I really like. Uh, uh, but with with that genre, it's it's hard to pick a song where there's no cussing. So you have to you have to really uh, uh, look at all the different options. And, and you know, some some of them have a longer build up. You don't really want that. So uh, yeah. Um, I don't know if that's the one I'll pick for Lakeside, but it's definitely a contender. <laughs> you took the question out of my mouth, so there you go. 
So back in August, you signed a deal with the manufacturer Loxley. How did that, that deal come about and what does it cover? So I actually was approached Mind the Gap out of Nashville and uh, Craftsman on the Hill. So Craftsman on the Hill is, is the largest dart bar in the U.S. And uh, when I was in Nashville, I actually visited uh, the bar. And it's pretty neat uh, to see. So um, Michael Harkins uh, actually approached me and said that the guys from Loxley asked me to talk to you and see if you would be interested in, in signing um, a barrel deal. And... Um, yeah, then I, I didn't, to be honest, I didn't know who Loxley was, so I had to do some research, and um, yeah, and then I found out there was a connection with the Netherlands, and they have a couple Dutch players, and so all of that really made sense to me, and then I, I had a couple meetings with them through Skype, and I, there was just a good a good feeling I got from them, and um, so yeah, we've been, we've been working on my barrel um, for the last couple months. And, and that's what I really like about them. Is they're, they're not trying to rush me into um, picking something that I might not be 100% behind. So they're, they're really taking their time with me to make sure that the dart that you know we're going to come out with is the dart I'm going to be playing with and that I fully endorse. So, yeah, it's been, it's been, it's been nothing but great. So it's, it's good. Mm. So am I right to think that you haven't actually got the, the customs from them yet? No, so I'm not. So we we are on, I think, the fourth prototype, um, and I think we're really close. And so hopefully around Lakeside we can, uh, uh, you know, start releasing the dart and, and working on that. So that's that's my that's my hope. I think, and and the other thing is, um, you know, with Lakeside and Q School coming up, uh, those two events, I don't want to make the switch right now, and I'll wait till after Q School. To, to make the switch so I can really have a, a period of getting used to uh, uh, my darts. You're also obviously a man in demand given the, the year you've had. You're also now using the, the L-Style equipment as well. Yeah, yeah, that was an easy decision as well since I already used uh, their products. So yeah, that, that, that's a great bonus and, and they're really nice. and They're obviously uh, the biggest... Uh, shaft and flight manufacturer here in the, in the U.S. Everyone pretty much uses L-Style, so uh, that that was an easy decision. Um, yeah, and then, like I said, I'm, I signed with Mind the Gap and uh, Craftsman on the Hill uh, recently. Um, so th- they're out of uh, uh, Tennessee. So, uh, yeah, kind of everything is coming together and can't wait for uh, for Lakeside and, and, and obviously Q School and potentially... Uh, the challenge tour so yeah looking forward uh, to next year and trying to trying to plan everything out and where do I want to go what do I want to play so mm, of course yeah now when we last spoke you had won the cherry bomb and that had got you into the, the world masters which I know you were aiming for because it was in your native home of the Netherlands obviously that then got cancelled because of the pandemic they then tried to replace it with the world open which I know you were looking at, and then that got cancelled as well. Was losing those two events from this year a blow for you? Yeah, definitely the World Masters. Uh, it, it, for me, it was something I was looking forward to, and, and at the time, you know, I wasn't qualified for Lakeside, and, and it would have been my first big event. And uh, yeah, so that, that was definitely a bummer. And I feel like it's 
COVID just keeps ruining everyone's lives. So, you know, same with New York. My dad was going to come fly out and see me. And two days before, he had to get tested because, uh, because that's what the, uh, was required. And he tested positive, so he couldn't come. So it just, just keeps, uh, it keeps ruining everyone's plans in life. So, yeah, kind of over it. <laughs> yeah, you're not the only one. I don't, I don't want to dwell on the, the COVID stuff too much, but obviously the, the situation in the Netherlands isn't great at the moment. Have you been keeping an eye on, on how things are in the UK before obviously you, you make the trip over next month? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because I do know for the players, but also obviously for, for the venue and the organisation, like without fans, it's, it's not going to be... Uh, like there's there's no... That's not what we want, and I don't think they'll do that. Um, but yeah, it's, it's hard to plan because even with the Netherlands uh, going into lockdown, we're planning on flying into the Netherlands, but how does that look? Can I fly into the Netherlands and then travel to England, or should I go straight to England? And so there's a lot of uh, unknowns, and we're just going to assume it's going to happen, and we're going to plan like it will, and then just go from there, I guess. Yeah, hopefully. So going into to Lakeside, have you set any expectations for yourself? Yeah, I def I definitely want to win around. That's 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 my goal, and I think I say it because I saw it at the Continental Cup. I I felt if I won that first match, then I would have been in a good spot to to go all the way, uh, just because I would get that nervy first round out of the way. And I see it very often. I saw it at the the CDC tour. Get that first one out of the way, and you know you, you start getting in a rhythm. So. I hope um, that first round will be a good one and, and I can survive the first round. And um, then, you know, as long as I can play my game, I can compete with any of those guys. So Now, you're going to be a seed as things stand. I don't see that changing at all this weekend. I don't. Looking at the field, is there anyone there you'd like to play or would like to draw, or are you not really bothered who you come up against? I, that, I mean, there's a lot of players I don't really know too much about um but yeah martin adams obviously that's uh you know i watched dar since i was a kid and uh it, it, that would be amazing to play him um i know I mean, james richardson i've seen seen him perform and play and he's, he's pretty uh, pretty awesome uh, richard weinstein uh, fellow dutchman that would be that'd be fun but uh at the same time those are probably the strongest out of the, the non-seated players right now so yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't really care too much, but uh, yeah, as long as I uh, I can uh, I play my game, that's all I'm worried about, really. Yeah, of course, that's all you can worry about. I suppose the last thing for me is that when you entered 2021, we spoke about, you know, you were going to give darts a proper go, you know, this year and really start doing the ADO tour and, and do the CDC if you could. Now we're at the end of the year, You've won three WDF titles. You won the CDC match play. Got to two CDC finals. Played in the Continental Cup. You're going to be a seed at Lakeside, and you did the clean sweep at Steel City Open a few months ago. Have you taken in just how much success you've had this year, and are you surprised at all at just how well things have gone? Yeah, I think uh, I I never expected any of this uh, to go this quick and this well, and you know it's. Uh... It's, it's quite experience, and I think Cherry Bomb was my first real tournament, and 
and I won it. And, and I think that's people really got to know me there. And obviously I had the, the online presence. People knew me from that. But there was probably people uh, thinking, oh, maybe he can't do it um, on live tournaments. And I think I proved that I can. And um, I, I don't really, when I go out to these tournaments, I don't see myself as the favorite or better than any of those guys. They're all, there's so many guys capable of playing well. I think it's, um, yeah, you just got to do the right things at the right moment. And, and there's definitely been tournaments where I had a little bit of luck too. You got to have a little bit of luck. Um, but yeah, just having the right mindset, I think is, is the key. And for me, the challenge right now is just figuring out how much can I do? Where can I go? How does next year look? And then, um, you know, like I just had a meeting with my boss here at the distillery and, and they recognize that I'm doing well in darts and that I can also be uh, valuable to them as, as a marketing piece. So they're wanting to let me go travel and not use vacation and be like, just go do your thing. And, you know, maybe we can combine it with you going visiting some uh, some some customers or you know, promoting our products. So we're, so we're working on that to make it easier for me to go and travel and, and do all these things. So that's 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 really great. And, you know, without the support of my employer, I wouldn't be able to do it, obviously. You'll be seeing one customer in January anyway. I'm looking forward to, to trying the Wicked Pickle, as we discussed last time. But thank you so much for your time tonight, Jules. I really appreciate it. And Safe travels over to the UK for, for the World Championship, and I'll see you at Lakeside. Yeah, that's that's the plan. Keep your fingers crossed and uh, just hope for the best. So, I always thoroughly enjoy chatting to Jules. His story has been absolutely brilliant to watch this year. It's easy to forget that he was a newcomer to competitive ranked darts when he played at the Cherry Bomb International back in June. And now, six months later, he's a three-time event winner and a seed for Lakeside. If he can get off to a good start in January, I genuinely think he's going to be a very difficult man to stop. He played a best-of-five set, best-of-five leg game with Ben Robb on one of the live streams over the weekend. And I know playing at home is slightly different, but there were certainly some incredibly positive signs there for Jules. He averaged 102 in that game and beat Big Rig who'll be playing at Ali Pali 3-0. Yeah, Jules is a great guy. We had a lovely chat after we finished recording as well and uh, look forward to meeting him in January. Over in the women's event, the second seed for the Women's World Championship will be the three-time world champion Anastasia Dobromislova. We caught up last week to discuss the return of exhibitions, growing opportunities for youth players getting back into the winner's circle after almost two years at the Irish Open earlier this month, and what it had mean to her to become a four-time world champion on the 9th of January. I'm delighted to be joined by the three-time world champion, Anastasia Dobromislova. Anastasia, how are you? I'm good, thank you. <laughs> Congratulations on your win at the Irish Open about 10 days or so ago now. Were you pleased to pick up your first title of the year? Oh yeah, definitely. I think that's my first title probably in a couple of years, considering we didn't have any tournaments and time didn't really tough. So yeah, I was very pleased. I'm sure you were sort of extra pleased to get over the line as well, because you've been to three finals already this year, but this time finally 
you know, got over the line and got the title in your hands. Yeah, and got there in the end. <laughs> I suppose it's difficult, as you say, there haven't been that many darts, especially with the pandemic and everything. I know you played some online stuff last year, but didn't do that much of it. So do you feel there's an element of sort of trying to get back up to speed now events are running again? Yeah, and um, yeah, and to be fair, like because we we didn't have anything for such a long time, and coming and you having tournament nearly every weekend, it can be a bit overwhelming, and you're thinking, oh my god, I need a rest. And when you're looking back, you didn't have nothing for over the year, and you was wishing to go play tournament, and now you play and you wish to go back for rest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's hard to, but obviously I'm glad to uh, start playing again properly. You're, at the moment, going to be the second seed for the Women's World Championship at Lakeside in January. What were your thoughts when they announced that the Worlds will be going back to Lakeside? Um, yeah, it's always been, like, it's where I started playing Lakeside. Uh, I mean, my first World Championship and uh, O2 was different experience, but I think... Lakeside will always be their iconic place for darts. So, and, um, yeah, see how it goes uh, next year. <laughs> the O2 obviously was a, a move and there were a lot of issues with the, the money, particularly for the women's event. And I know you were a vocal critic of the, the issues with the money. There's a record prize fund for the women this time at Lakeside. Do you feel that's a step in the right direction? Well, obviously, I won't say, oh, no, please return it to 6,000, how it used to be. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a great news, especially for ladies' darts, and uh, it's nice to be recognised and uh, appreciate from authorities, if you like, because mm. we're putting just as much work as men, probably even more. I know there have been some you know, issues, whatever, with, with lower participation in, in the women's events. What do you think is the the best way to try and get more women playing the game? Um, I don't know. Maybe, well, because some people still scared to travel, some people still didn't have the vaccination, or I, I can understand because wherever you look, even men's centuries haven't been so great. So, well, hopefully we'll get this year at the way on from beginning of the year. Some people may be not traveling because they think, oh, I'm so far in the ranking, I'll have a save this year and i start fresh again next year. So hopefully it's the case. Of course. I'm going to be more, more people next year. You posted a tweet the other day that you said, that's my last tournament done. It, it was a, a bit cryptic. Did you just mean your last tournament for this year? <laughs> yeah, that was my last tournament for this year. <laughs> Okay. I, think uh, I think there are yeah. a few people worried that you might be uh, announcing your retirement or something. Uh, I think a few people was quite pleased. <laughs> <laughs> like, finally, she's gone. In a, in addition yeah. to the the tournaments being back, I know you're booked for or have been booked for quite a few exhibitions and stuff over the last couple of months. For someone like you who is a, you know a professional player, is it good to be seeing those exhibitions back up and running again? Oh yeah, 100%. First of all, it's obviously your guaranteed income, which is like, I do appreciate people who's booking me. And it's given me a chance to play like like Michael or 
Edge Lewis or Fallon. So it's obviously always good for my game. Obviously, it's still a bit of fun, but what else can I play players like this? I know I've read before that when you first started playing, you were you know, about 12 and you were playing against the boys in Russia. With darts now, we're seeing the JDC World Cup is on this week over in Gibraltar. There's going to be a Girls World Championship at Lakeside in January. Do you feel that there are an awful lot more opportunities for youth players now than there were when you were first starting to play? Oh, yes, 100%. And I think it's uh, opportunities for youth players altogether, not only girls, but the boys. You can see the uh, academies going and I know PDC promoting uh, youth games and uh, WDF. So you just can pick and choose whatever you go, whatever you want to do. Do you wish there'd been those sort of opportunities when you were younger? I don't know. Sometimes I think things happen for a reason and, um, you know, obviously maybe in a few years' time um, youth won't have opportunity, won't, young kids will have, or you never know. So hmm. I think just... It is what it is, if you like. (laughs) (laughs) So your breakthrough, really, on the international scene came 2001, 2002. You won the the Youth World Masters, the Europe Youth Cup. But when was it that you actually moved over to the UK? Um, Not till later on. First, I lived in Holland for about a year and a half. And then I moved to the UK in about 2000. Seven, six, something like that. I slept since then. It's <laughs> been a long time ago. <laughs> I think seven. So, I mean, that was sort of around the time you first kind of came onto the lakeside stage in the, the Women's World Championship. In 2008, you ended Trina Gulliver's run of seven world titles in a row. Uh, Talk to me about the emotions when you won that first world championship. Obviously, I was happy, yeah. And um, I know how good I was and I knew I could do it I just like I needed to hold my nerve and um, obviously I know Trina won't give it away if you like lightly so I had to really play my best and um, it was awesome And you moved to the PDC later that year after the, the World Masters, but did the conversations with them start after your win at Lakeside? Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, moving on to the, the PDC, you played in that World Championship 2008. How did that compare to, to playing in the Women's World Championship? Did you feel a lot more pressure? think I yeah probably because if if you like it the uh, lakeside I earned it by right and ranking and whatever you call it and um, obviously I had a few comments playing the man's one I don't serve it I shouldn't be there who is she and I I don't know silly me probably was trying to prove the point like you know I'm a good player, I, I deserve my place and um, yeah, it was a lot of pressure and obviously the crowd much bigger and uh, obviously they were supporting me as well, but it was a totally different experience for me. Yeah, of course. 
And what would you say, you know, those couple of years you were playing on the, the PDC, what would you say was the toughest part of, of those few years? Part, I think the first year I was uh, I was having like good results because it was all new and I was just enjoying the second year when you had to like um, I think you realized what's happening and draw wasn't very kind to me it was really hard and it was breaking my heart just to go in this first round or trillium round or it, it was really really tough yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, I think mentally, it's just like it's. I'm still overcoming <laughs> the experience. Do you miss those years, or are you happy, kind of the, the women's side of things, and you're just happy you had that experience when you did? Oh, 100. percent I'm happy I had an experience, and um, you never know if my form <laughs> picking up slightly after having a baby and whatever taking time a bit of time off so you never know one day i can join again but then i already know what to expect and if you know what i mean Mm -hmm. because it was really new for me and i was like relatively young so now i'm a bit hopefully a bit older and wiser (laughs) (laughs) hopefully yeah you you got to play the, the pdc world championship again i think it was 2018 so 10 years from when you had yeah. done the last time but this time you came in as a, a specifically designated female qualifier yeah did that kind of was there a different perspective for you on the tournament that time because of how you got in and the circumstances oh i was like so delighted i qualified because like you said 10 years and you just like our story repeat itself and yeah i was really happy and i uh, Went to play on the stage, was like, listen, don't put any pressure on yourself, just enjoy because you're here, you earned your place. And again, some people may say probably you shouldn't be females there or, you know, whatever. But yeah, I enjoyed it and uh, I think I played okay. Mm. Not the best, but um, yeah, Ryan's double uh, was lethal. So, <laughs> you know, it's nothing you can do about it. And those comments about, you know, the women shouldn't be there and, and, you know, the sexist stuff, that kind of thing. Are you aware of that stuff? Do you see a lot of it or do you try and block most of it out? Well, I'm trying to block of it. And I think, uh, thank God for Fallon, it's less and less now because she just goes into these uh, televised tournaments and proving, like, by beating the man, by having, like, high average. So I think less and less people commenting on... Um, social media or whatever mm. about female shouldn't be doing this and that which is nice to see it's nice to be recognized and yeah mm. it's all good yeah of course. <laughs> i think it's moving into positive direction yeah, hopefully and the way she's been playing recently most recently at the, the grand slam is that a source of motivation for you Oh, definitely, yeah. It's just like, this girl, unreal. <laughs> I was like, what do you do? How do you practice? What's this? What's that? What are you having for breakfast? <laughs> yeah, oh, she's, she's amazing. But then again, she played so many online darts uh, league. Live darts, I guess, yeah. Mm. And um, but playing against, like, good 
females and males players I think is just raising her game up which is fair enough and um, yeah hopefully tournaments back we're all gonna raise our games as well something I did want to ask and this was quite strange when you played at the world championship and you were pregnant how much of a challenge was that for you it wasn't at all to be fair nothing at all I played till I think I was due within a month after I played Lakeside and I'm, I was making a deal with my son I said listen son mum you have to go on the stage and play you be quiet please <laughs> you can move about after I finished <laughs> so yeah that was the deal we had <laughs> until until Corin woke, woke him up before I say me. <laughs> <laughs> Some big news for the ladies' game in the last couple of weeks was that next year the PDC Women's Series is going to be 20 events and a big expansion on the last couple of years. What will be the the route for you in 2022? Will it be some PDC, some WDF, or are you going to focus on one rather than the other? I think I'll I'll plan is do the both. And probably Q School and probably, oh, I don't know, I've got big plans for next year, whatever I can do, everything or not, that's a different question. But yeah, mm-hmm. I would like to do as much as I can, to be honest. Of course. And uh, what would it mean to you in January if you became a four-time women's world champion? Uh, do you know what? It probably would mean the world to me. And I know we're always talking about winning special, first time special or second or third. I think that this time would be really special for me because, like, you know, probably my form wasn't great last couple of years or I didn't achieve as much as I wanted to achieve. So winning the World Championship would be, like, yeah, great. (laughs) I'm just, like, imagining stage and a trophy and I even don't know what what trophy we're going to be like, actually, do you know? Uh. I don't know. I don't know if they. Uh, I don't know if they took the trophy back from Mikuru or not. Anyway, thank you very much for your time this morning, Anastasia. I really appreciate it, and uh, best of luck at Lakeside in January. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you. It was good fun chatting to Anastasia. She's somebody I've wanted on the show for for ages. Really, it feels like she's picking up momentum. She's been to several finals this year, got the win at the Irish Open, and she's got a very good record on that lakeside stage. The top seed for the women's event is Dieter Hedman, uh, and there were a couple of changes to the top eight following the events in Italy. Aileen de Graaf has moved up to fifth after her run to the Italian Open final, while the woman that beat her there, Maria O'Brien, is now the eighth seed after doing the double in Italy. I thought Obi played really well in Italy, especially when you factor in the fact it was her first weekend back on the tour since ankle surgery. She won the Italian Grand Masters by beating Priscilla Steenbergen 5-1 in the final and then won the Italian Open, the sixth ranking title of her career, the following day with a 4-3 win over de Graaf. With those performances, she pips Lorraine Winstanley to the eighth seed. There were no other changes to the, the top 16. Uh, Amanda Harwood holding on to the, the last 16th place through the, the ranking table. 
Currently, first reserve is Vicky Pruim. She'd be in if somebody withdrew from the competition for whatever reason. But one player we won't be seeing, sadly, is New Zealand's Wendy Harper. I broke the news over the weekend that Wendy had declined her invitation, spoke to her over the weekend, and she said that you know it was a difficult decision for her to reach, but ultimately, given the current climate and everything, she wasn't comfortable coming over, and that's totally understandable. If she can maintain the form she showed this year and has done the last few years, she's definitely going to be in a position to qualify again this time next year. In her place will be the experienced Desi Mercer, who was on the show a few months back after she won the New Zealand Open. The women's qualifier in England takes place this Sunday, the 5th. There's only one woman going to come through that and get a place in the World Championship. Uh, At the time of recording, there were 41 women in the draw. If she has to play in that event, Vicky Pruim, I think, would be a favourite because she's been playing really well county level, uh, really well on the circuit. Uh, Denise Cassidy is always dangerous, as is Rihanna Sullivan. An outside name worth considering, I would say, is Steph Stutley. She's playing some superb stuff at county level this season. She doesn't do the tour events, but she's been playing very well at county. And in the short format, in those qualifiers, she's got a very good chance of coming through. So she's someone I'd be keeping an eye on. To recap the the men's events in Italy, they were won by Richard Vainstra and Chris Landman. Vainstra won the Grand Masters, the silver-graded event, defeating James Hurrell in the final. Uh, And then Vainstra was trying to do what O'Brien had done and and do the double. He was in the final of the Italian Open but lost out 5-2 to Landman. Vainstra is now ninth seed for the Men's World Championship, while Landman, of course, is off to Alexandra Palace after winning the West Europe qualifier. Uh, just wanted to give a mention to, to James Hurrell. I tweeted this over the weekend, but the last time he qualified for what was then the BDO World Championship, he had to withdraw on health grounds. This time, he's been a regular on the tour this season, got to multiple semis and finals, and he's going to be the sixth seed. For Lakeside, he looks like he's getting back to top form, playing well for his county as well. And I have to say, it's lovely to to see Hillbilly back playing near his best. Few movers and shakers in the men's rankings following the weekend's events. Connor Scott confirmed his Lakeside spot with a run to the semis of the Grand Masters, while Alexei Kadochnikov's title in the St Petersburg Open means he pips Aaron Turner to one of the seeded places. Uh, Lancashire's Lee Shewan is in. He got a quarter-final during the weekend, as is Dave Prins, who sneaks the last spot, the last qualification spot, two runs to the last 16 in Italy, get the Badger in, and he'll be playing in a World Championship at Lakeside for the first time in eight years in January, which is quite cool. He's a very dangerous player as well. He's not going to be someone you'd want to draw in the first round. Those guys currently just missing out on the main rankings are Kevin Luke from America, Lancashire's Jordan Brooks, Scotland's Sean McDonald and John Scott. The events in Italy did bring up a question for me about Jim Williams. It's it's not specifically about Jim, but it's about the position Jim was in. Of course, Jim won a PDC tour card for 2022 and 2023 at the Challenge Tour earlier this year. Now, my feeling is if you have that tour card lined up, you shouldn't then be allowed to carry on playing in the WDF events. If you're intending to take up that tour card, 
you are taking points away from players who are chasing a different world championship and a different set of goals to you. If Jim knows he's not playing at Lakeside or that person knows they're not playing at the WDF World Championship and they're not going to be playing in WDF events the following year, there's no need for them to continue to accrue ranking points and take away those opportunities from players who, like Jordan Brooks, like John Scott, have missed out on a World Championship spot by one win at some point during the season. If that player isn't there and the seedings change, then perhaps a draw opens up for them in a different way. But my feeling is, if your future doesn't lie in that organisation, and you know that for a fact, I think it's remiss that you're able to still carry on going and earning points that ultimately amount to nothing. I think it's slightly different for, say, a Chris Landman, who has qualified for Ali Pali, but there's no guarantee that he's going to be a PDC tour card holder this time next year. He could possibly lose first round Ali Pali and not come through Q School. The same would be true for perhaps Ben Robb or Raymond Smith. Now, they could obviously pick up a, a tour card by the way they've played at the World Championship or through Q School. But you don't know that. It's a lot of what-ifs. Whereas with Jim Williams and Matt Campbell, the outcome for them, they know what that is. But looking at those who are actually going to be playing at Lakeside, New Zealand's Warren Parry has turned down his invitation and at the time of recording, waiting to hear what the situation is in Australia with the places there with Jeremy Fagg, Donovan Lottering, potential that it opens up to Justin Thompson, who's in fourth place. If the guys, one, two, three, four, they turn them down, they don't take the places, presumably that then open things up to the main table for those guys who were just pipped. Uh, the men's qualifier for Lakeside at the time of recording, had 171 entries. And that number's trending upwards. And I have to say, there's a cracking amount of depth in there. It looks absolutely brutal, especially when the early few rounds are best of five legs. I think picking two players to come through that is going to be very, very tough. And it's going to very much depend on the draw and how those early ties fall. Because in a best of five... You only need a couple of bad legs to start and then suddenly it backs up against the wall. Uh, there are some players I, I like the look of in there, some really steady county players that I mentioned last week, the likes of Scott Walters, for example. Um, the guys who've been, you know, if they've been playing, the guys who've had the opportunity to do the live league stuff have got a chance because they're playing in that shorter format. But as I say, it's going to depend on the draw. I look forward to, to seeing how many entries there are when entries close on Wednesday. I'm unsure at the moment if I will be there. I'm hoping to be there. But uh, as you might be able to tell, I've got a bit of a sinus infection at the moment. So not 100% sure. The draw for the World Championship will be on December the 7th. I'm gutted that I can't be there as I'm away at that time. But very much looking forward to, to the draw. There are so many stories involving the players who've qualified. You know, every player's got you know an interesting story to tell. Ian Jones is a great example. 14 years after Ian Jones's World Championship debut, he's going to be back there, and he's done that at the age of 60. I think that's a cracking story, and I think what he's managed to do, and Connor Scott is another good example, it shows that the new ranking system implemented by the WDF has got a far better gradation 
than the BDO used to. Connor and Ian both got to a gold final. Under the BDO system, they would have been A-plus finals. That would have got you 42 points. That was only seven more than a semi-finalist and seven less than the winner. The WDF system, if you get to a final, that's 111 points if you lose. 180 if you win. But it's, but it's a lot lower than that for a semi-finalist. So that gradation of points means that and that, that's where the gradation comes into play. Under the BDO system, it effectively, yes, it rewarded players who did well and who won and got to the latter stages of tournaments, but it ultimately also rewarded the players who were prepared to fill every box on the sheet by travelling. Now, if you travel to, say, 20 events during the year, you were likely to fill up 12 boxes. So you effectively just needed to get to the last 16 10 times and you'd have been in. The WDF system is rewarding the players who've done well in the big events. So, Ian Jones, Connor Scott got to a gold final, immediately over 100 points. Doing well in a big tournament, which in theory has a much bigger field, is being rewarded far better now, and I think has produced a far more equitable system, and uh, that's something I can get behind. Uh, I'll talk more about you know some of the stories and the, the ties, obviously, once the draw's out on the official preview show and i'm open to suggestions for what that preview show looks like um so if you've got any ideas drop those to me on twitter the third guest on this week's show is italy's francesco Rashini, who made history over the weekend when he confirmed his world championship place with a brace of quarterfinals in italy francesco will be the first italian to play in a world championship and i'm delighted to have had him on the show with the help of Jacopo Giraldon, who runs the Darts in Italy Twitter page. I am now delighted to be joined by the first Italian to qualify for a world championship, Francesco Rossini. Francesco, how are you? Questa l'hai capita, Francesco, come stai? Tutto bene, tutto bene. It's okay. It's okay, it's fine. Thank you as well to Jacopo for providing translation here. Francesco, congratulations on qualifying for Lakeside. I know you've been chasing this goal for a long time. Can you sum up how you feel now that you've actually managed to achieve it? Allora, Francesco, ti fai innanzitutto i complimenti per aver raggiunto il tuo obiettivo e ti chiedo di fare un piccolo riassunto di un po' come è andata la, insomma, questo percorso che ti ha portato a qualificarti al mondiale. Tutto, grazie. Percorso lungo. Un pochettino faticoso, però siamo usciti un po'. Eh, sono impegnativi e con il lavoro in Italia non è semplice. Però, vista, vista la classifica, ho provato a impegnarmi un po' di più. Quindi, sono riuscito a ottenere questo risultato. Sono sacrifici, ce l'ho fatto. Insomma, ecco. Uh, it's been, uh, first of all, it says thank you for. Uh, for the results uh, he, he gets. And uh, it's been a very long time, it's been uh, traveling around Europe, you know, it's, uh, it's very difficult, especially with the problem with the job. So it's, uh, it's been a, a long way, but uh, it was determined to reach the goal to arrive at the World Championship and he's very happy that uh, he has made it. Looking back, you've played the Italian events for, for a time. I know you played the World Masters about five years ago, but you started traveling to these events 2019. What was it that made you start traveling and doing the, the BDO, then the WDF tour events? 
diceva che comunque era da te, è da tanti anni che giochi ovviamente in Italia, che però che stai facendo con continuità i tornei internazionali è solamente da 2-3 anni. E cosa ti ha portato, cosa ti ha spinto a fare i tornei internazionali appunto in giro per l'Europa, prima BDO e dopo VDF? Praticamente la federazione ha provato a, a sponsorizzarci, quindi a spingere un po' questo, questi eventi, e sono riuscito a rientrarci e quindi ho provato, ho provato visto che arrivavano i risultati e mi sono impegnato un po' di più, un po' più di pratica, un po' più di allenamento, un po' più di tornei, e ogni torneo ho risultato migliore e di conseguenza ho provato a spingere fino al limite. So he, he, he already started to play in Italy for a very long time, but uh, in 2019 the local federation, FEGF, uh, tried to sponsor a lot of players from the Italian movement to try to go abroad to start to play. Uh, he was one of the players selected to go abroad and uh, he started having some decent results. And after that, he tried to try his best to travel around Europe to reach his best results, and uh, that's why he started to play. Then after that, he got uh, some good results. He was in the race to qualify for the World Championship. Now it's here. How did the Italian Federation choose which of you to send overseas? Ha chiesto quando la federazione ti aveva scelto per giocare per giocare all'estero, Francesco. E quali erano stati i criteri di selezione perché hanno scelto per te? Gli altri giocatori, ovviamente. Ma è, è, stato, è stato richiesto un bando, è stata fatta domanda e hanno scelto tra i giocatori che hanno, che hanno richiesto questa sponsorizzazione. E io sono stato uno dei tre che hanno scelto, io sono passetti e Pottino, se non mi ricordo male. Siamo stati noi i tre prescelti e l'unico dei tre a fare tutto il sono stato io praticamente. Il Stefano. Solo uno, Andrea neanche uno, e io poi gioco un po' la passione, un po' la voglia e ho provato a. And so basically uh, it was a kind of um, they have to ask for the sponsorship and uh, the local federation choose three players. Francesco, Stefano Tomassetti, which is also his fair partner and uh, one of his best friends in the circuit and not only in the circuit and Andrea Contino, which is another good player from the Italian movement. But only Francesco had go deep to go to play in the tournaments abroad. Stefano Tomassetti played a couple of tournaments abroad. Andrea Contino, maybe not, maybe one. And uh, Francesco was the only one that goes straight to, to get some great results. 2020, you started really well, got some good points in Romania, and then you got to a semi-final in Slovakia. Then the lockdown came. Were you worried that you were going to lose those points and you'd have to start again whenever things started again? So, Francesco, hai già capito la domanda. Praticamente hai cominciato a giocare nel 2020, hai fatto Romania e Slovacchia. Avevi paura di perdere un pochino i punti che avevi fatto, peraltro dopo ti dico una cosa, ossia il fatto che te sapevi già di arrivare arrivare al Mondiale dopo aver fatto i bei risultati in Romania. Allora, io non avevo... Non l'intenzione, avevo il sogno di arrivare al mondiale, sì, ma la speranza, logicamente, è in una situazione così complicata è difficile. E, diciamo che la Romania, la Slovacchia, mi ha dato la forza e ho capito che potevo fare tanto e potevo fare un po' di più. 
quindi diciamo, ho, ho messo un po' più di impegno sono più dedicati poi i risultati sono arrivati poi ho visto una classifica quest'anno eh, post covid che è tra i primi 30 quindi mi sono detto che forse era l'occasione giusta per prepararci So he had a dream. The dream was to play the World Championship, video or WBF or BDC, just to play a World Championship. And after the results in Romania and Slovakia, he was pretty confident to reach that target. After that, the COVID complicated a bit the plans of everyone, but uh, he was still confident after that 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 result was a good start to continue to to go to have good results and to arrive to reach his dream and finally has made it but i have to add something and i already said francesco to give the permission to say that after the tournaments in romania and slovakia so we are talking about nearly two years ago he said i will play the world championship he reached the target so well done francesco bravo francesco this year you've traveled pretty much more than anyone else you've been to most of the competitions this year how difficult has it been traveling with all the restrictions and the COVID still being around? And have you managed to stay virus free all of this year? Criticare praticamente quest'anno è stato molto complicato per te, immaginiamo, insomma, viaggiare attraverso l'Europa. È stato anche uno dei giocatori che ha partecipato a più tornei. Quanto è stato difficile, insomma, tutta questa situazione? Parliamo ovviamente degli ultimi mesi. Ma la difficoltà è stata relativa perché. Eh, sono uscito eh, eh, sia eh, in auto che sia eh, con gli aerei eh, ho trovato il modo di andare quindi la difficoltà è stata solamente troca nel senso mi sono impegnato a sparto e fatta ho trovato soluzioni ai problemi so he, he said that uh, it wasn't that difficult to go abroad because he always found a way to go abroad and uh, maybe of course there are some problems uh, maybe with the covid test or the now there is the green pass at least in italy and europe to to go to play in the most of the tournaments but it wasn't that difficult to go abroad to play but it's just about dedication and want to reach a target so you mentioned earlier that it's been difficult to keep chasing that dream because of issues you've had with work, did you did you lose your job because of the pandemic? Ti ha chiesto se hai avuto hai parlato prima insomma che col lavoro hai avuto un pochino di, di difficoltà. Ti ha chiesto se hai avuto problemi con il lavoro per organizzarti, anche se hai avuto problemi con la pandemia e il lavoro. Ma guarda, con il lavoro inizio nel 2020 facevo una gara ogni, ogni, ogni mese più o meno. Vista la classifica, ho chiesto se cortesemente potevano darmi la possibilità di fare più gare, visto che avevo la possibilità di giocarmi l'ingresso eh, al mondiale. Fortunatamente l'azienda mi ha supportato, non economicamente, ma dato il gioco di dedicarmi a eh, darmi la possibilità di, poter, eh, di poterci alla fine rientrare. He wants to thank the factory where he works because he just asked to the permission to add some more three days to go abroad to play. They said yes, because they wanted to help him. And uh, because of this, he had more time to go abroad to play tournaments, uh, especially during the weekends. Going into the events this past weekend in Italy, your place was more or less certain, but you needed a few more points. To seal qualification for Lakeside, 
in your home tournament, did that make it extra special for you? Ci ho già chiesto che ci è arrivato il torneo, parliamo adesso di, di Pieve di Cento, gli ultimi tornei, sapendo che ti bastavano un paio di punti per essere certo di qualificarti e l'hai fatto giocando nel tuo torneo di casa. Ti chiedeva se questo era più uno stimolo o un po' di pressione nel giocare i tornei di Pieve, prima magari dopo di, che giocate su. Ma allora, in Italia a, a casa ho sempre difficoltà in qualsiasi torneo, però questa volta ho cercato di trovare lo stimolo giusto per, per fare bene, uno perché avevo il pubblico di casa che mi comportava, ma, ma due, la cosa importante era che fare bene vuol dire era, eh, avere l'ingresso a questi mondiali, quindi essere sicuro di partire e scrivere o qualcosa di diverso. So he said that he just wanted to arrive to reach the result there in Italy. So he hasn't too much pressure to, to arrive to the result. And he wanted to make happy himself, firstly. After that, all the Italian movement, because he knew that everybody in Italy wanted him to, to arrive to the result. And uh, so he has a bit of pressure, but not too much, because he usually has more pressure than these tournaments when he plays in Italy, maybe the local competition, the Opens or the Italian Championships. So you've sort of, both of you have kind of touched on this already, but what's the reaction been like in Italy for what you've managed to achieve and for obviously playing in the World Championship in January because you're going to have a whole country behind you? Lui ti chiede qual è stata la reazione che ha avuto un pochino il movimento nell'arrivare al Mondiale di giocare a gennaio. La reazione del movimento è stato che mi stanno scrivendo da due giorni ininterrottamente messaggi, Facebook, Messenger, Instagram, ogni social è pieno di messaggi e di supporto, di gente che mi vuole bene, di gente che comunque sia prende un po' in me e che capisce che secondo me questo potrebbe essere uno stimolo dare il via a, a più persone a provare a, a divertirsi e, e, e a fare meglio. So he says that it's two days that he's only doing answering messages on WhatsApp, Facebook, Instagram, all the social media because everybody wants to congratulate to him. And uh, of course he's very happy about that, but uh, he's happy because he understands that maybe this is the good results that can help the whole Italian movement to reach new targets. So I think he, he really hopes that he's useful to the whole movements of Italian darts to help reach new, new heights. Your nickname is Roscoe. What does that mean? Does that, what does that translate to in English or does it not translate to anything? Forse capita la domanda. Lui ti chiede, tutti ti chiamano Rosco, ma perché? Perché... Il mio cognome è Raschini e fin da bambino mi chiamano Rosco. E quindi è tutto qua. Eh, Rosco viene, viene, viene dal cognome, dal, dal surname. So basically his surname is Raschini and everybody always from when he was a kid in his local town called him Rosco, which is just, uh, just to make an example, Dave Cisna Cizzi, basically the same from the surname. <laughs> okay, okay. So... Why is there a gorilla on the back of your dart shirt? Oh, ti chiede perché il gorilla nella dietro insomma la maglia per capirci. Perché mi assomiglia, è tutto 
le foto di quando gioco e il mio viso è molto, è molto simile. He says that because a gorilla looks like him. So that's why he has the gorilla in the back of the church. Have you decided what song you're going to use as a walk-on song for Lakeside? Francesco Ficchieri, sei già deciso quale sarà la tua musica d'ingresso a Lakeside? Non mi ricordo, siccome in inglese non ricordo male, ma è di sì, sì. The top, eh, oh, the, oh, the top, qualcosa, non ricordo la, la song, sinceramente. Titolo completo, porca miseria. Uh, so he said that he already knows what kind of song in his, uh, in his mind, but he can't remember the title at the moment, but he will be ready to, to say the, the song maybe after. I, 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 i long, uh, I long for the top. I, 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 don't, I don't remember the, 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 the title. Titolo. He doesn't right. remember the title, <laughs> but uh, I will tell you after. On the, we will find out the title of the song and I will tell you on, on Twitter about that. <laughs> <laughs> Looking back then for you, how did you get into darts originally? Because Italy is not a country renowned for being a big dart playing country. L'Italia comunque l'Italia è un paese che non è famoso nel mondo delle freccette. Come ti senti insomma a rappresentare il paese in uno stage così importante? E lo, farò, lo farò diventare famoso perché secondo me io cerco di dare il massimo e cercherò di, fare, di portare veramente stimolo alla gente che ha voglia di fare questo. Secondo me anche noi ci faremo conoscere in qualche maniera. He says that he has a mission, which is put Italy finally in the map of the world arts. So uh, he's there to help everybody to arrive to new, to, to reach new targets about that. Uh, and exposure of the championship is maybe the, the biggest that Italian ever had, in, uh, because he, he's there for the merit. I seem to remember, I think Jacopo, you told me this, that Francesco lived in England for a period of time. Did Francesco, did you start playing darts in England or did you start playing darts back in Italy? Ti ha chiesto che hai già capito un pochino la domanda. Sei stato in Inghilterra anche un periodo te nella tua vita. Ti chiede se te giocavi già prima in Italia, la risposta ovviamente adesso già, e quanto ti ha aiutato quel periodo in Inghilterra nel migliorare. Allora, una, una cosa, la mia song in italiano è lunga la strada per la vetta. L'Inghilterra mi ha dato fatto cambiare il, il modo di giocare, il modo di pensare come giocare. E sinceramente mi ha aiutato tantissimo fare un anno in Inghilterra. Mi ha cambiato veramente il modo l'approccio alla partita, l'approccio al gioco partita So first of all you want to say that the name of the song is a long way to Long way to the top. And after that, he started, <laughs> <laughs> um, started playing many, many years back in Italy, but that year that he spent in England changed completely the way he plays and the way he thinks about the game. So it was very, very helpful. And after that experience, work experience and playing experience in England, his mind has been changed a bit and uh, he started getting the, the results he wanted to have. Is there... The draw is in just over a week's time. Is there someone in the draw you'd like to play in the first round or 
are you just kind of at the moment just happy that you're going to be there? You don't really mind who you're up against in the first round. Bichel, ormai il sorteggio è martedì prossimo. Bichel, se vorresti prendere o evitare qualche giocatore di quelli che puoi prendere nel sorteggio, o se non ti interessa, basta una valida. Ma non ho preferenze. Vorrei togliermi un nodo e vorrei Way Warren. Però a parte questo non ho preferenze. E vorrei evitare Alan perché siamo amici. He says that uh, it doesn't really matter who we play there, and he's just there to enjoy the darts and try to play his best. But there is a player that he would like to play somewhere during the tournament, which is Win Warren. He's a bit of his idol, and uh, he would like to play against him maybe during the tournament. Beyond Lakeside, what are your plans going to be for darts in 2022? Are you going to be going to Q score? Is your focus going to be keeping doing what you're doing and trying to take Italian darts even further on the WDF scene? Ti chiede se hai già deciso cosa fare nel 2022 dopo ovviamente il mondiale, ti chiede se hai intenzione di fare da Q school oppure se vuoi continuare più o meno a fare come hai fatto quest'anno. La Q school secondo me è ancora siamo un po' sono ancora un po' indietro per la Q school. Quindi il mio programma è Cecoslovacchia e Olanda se, se sarà confermato Aden e quindi continuare per, per, per almeno per il 2022 eh, torniamo di se continuiamo con, con questa linea posso pensare a cambiare un po' però prima bisogna fare più le ossa in questi tornei he says that there's still work to do to be competitive in the Q school so he won't take part in 2022 he will Keep on playing the WDF next season. He's already booked to to play the tournament in Slovakia and Holland if, if the tournament will be played early in 2022. And uh, of course, he, he, we try to continue to get good results in WDF. And then when we will feel ready, we'll surely have a crack at the school, maybe in 2022 or only. Francesco, thank you very much for your time. I really appreciate it. And uh, I look forward to seeing you at Lakeside in January. <laughs> he says that, uh, of course, he say thank you for the interview and he says that we will keep on talking about him in the future. <laughs> And just a couple of questions for you, Jacopo, if that's all right. So obviously you've been very invested in Francesco's journey this year, and I know you were very pleased that he's qualified. With Aurora's success in the JDC as well, do you feel like Italian darts is moving in a very positive direction? I said, I wrote uh, an article in uh, my... I have a Facebook page which is called Ditto for the Middle. I talk about mostly Italian and international darts. But of, uh, mainly about Italian darts. And I said that this weekend has been the best weekend in the history of Italian darts. Because we have a young player arrived third in a world championship, a youth world championship, and 
exposure Aurora had was unbelievable because uh, players like uh, some players uh, from the PDC, uh, some uh, journalists uh, from the UK, everybody talked me about the Wishy, and uh, so the result was very, very impressive. And of course, Francesco reaching the confirming his place at the at the lakeside was was important because I always said that we have to arrive playing in a World Championship. We have never been there. PDC, BDO, WDF, we have just arrived there. And having two players arrive in a World Championship, arrived third, and now Francesco playing at the lakeside is is just unbelievable. Italian darts was all about the World Cup darts before that. <laughs> and just on the the Italian events this past weekend, the Italian Grandmasters and the Italian Open, how did you feel they went, and did you feel numbers were lower than you expected? Uh, I I hoped maybe them think that uh, the numbers were a little bit higher, and especially players from abroad, because we know that players in Italy are there. Uh, there are two hundred, three hundred players there are competitive to play in a certain level. And uh, so I, I just hope that maybe more players from abroad came, but I can understand that it's not easy to travel, especially from the UK or other parts of, Italy, of Europe. For example, I know that some, some countries are in lockdown now, so it's, it's not easy to leave a country lockdown to come to play darts. So I, I hope for more, but the numbers are, are decent, so, so I'm pretty happy about that. And just in general... Just a general thing, which areas of Italy are the ones where darts is strongest? So, uh, there is a huge difference between the north and the south of Italy. Because basically we don't have players from the south of Italy. And Francesco is from the center Italy. For the center is one of the southern players in the circuit. We have a lot of players from my region, I'm from Venice, and there are plenty of players from, from, from my from region. And, uh, but we have to develop in whole Italy to try to get a bit of more players. And uh, so we have, for example, there is a good project now to try to bring darts in schools, to learn maths and even to start playing. So I think this is a good way to, to improve and to try to get new players to, to reach our, our, our sport. Oh, definitely. Well, thank you to you as well. Did a fantastic job with the translations obviously your italian is miles better than mine so thank you to you as well and thank you to both of you thank you so much and francesco say thank you i say also to you and uh, can't wait to to hear the the interview and hope uh, it's been been a good job big thank you to roscoe and jacopo for their time it's been brilliant to see francesco commit to doing the talk in the incredibly trying circumstances of the last 18 months. And I feel like as the season's gone on, he's just continued to pick up more and more momentum and in Italy looked really, really strong. I watched, uh, they streamed his game with the Dutchman Roma Moyman and uh, Francesco averaged just over 93 and he's got the ability to do really well at Lakeside. And I, I look forward to seeing who he draws and maybe the draw will open up and he'll get that tie with Wayne Warren that he's hoping for. Thank you so much to Jules, Anastasia, Francesco and Jacopo for their time for this week's show. And thank you to you for listening. Your support is always greatly appreciated. I'll be back next week with an episode ahead of the draw and then, of course, the World Championship preview after the draw. 
In the meantime, you can follow me on Twitter at amsinclair97. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Inside the WDF. You can like the Facebook page, Inside the WDF, and you can rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And I'll see you next time.